genre. You know what it is. I'm Scott Carelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. <laughs> we just wrapped up our X-Men miniseries. X-Men Summer and, uh, had me a blast. Yep. Hot, hot mutant summer. It was uh, 13 weeks of mutants, Nick. It's hard to believe. Hard to believe. I haven't heard it. 13. 13 weeks. I hadn't heard it in weeks yet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who might have uh, just joined us with the X-Men miniseries and you're like, what is this? Why aren't they talking about a movie? Why is this in my feed? <laughs> uh, between miniseries, this is what we do. Uh, because a post-mortem. Yeah. You know, maybe we just want a break. How about that? <laughs> How about that, listener? We, 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 uh, we want to talk about what we've learned over these past 13 weeks. Uh, yeah. What kind of, you know, reflect, look back before entering the Spy Kids era. Yes, I agree. This was our third go-round. That's what's crazy to me is that we've been doing this show for less than a year. Yeah. It, 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 emotionally, it feels like we've been doing this for a, a long time. Not in a bad way at all. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, I think it's because like we're used to the movies by minute format, right? Mm -hmm. From from our shows, Back to the Future Minute and the Cornetto Minute. And so when we finished a a mini series, we had finished you know like three hundred plus episodes of a show. Oh, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And so like I feel like I you know when we look back and we're like, wow, we covered Men in Black, which seems like an eternity ago. Mm -hmm. We we covered Scream, which feels like less than an eternity, but only slightly. And then we covered 13 X-Men movies and it just, it feels like, I think, I think in my podcaster brain, I'm like, did we do 300 epi plus episodes of each of those? No, we did one. Um, it's like we're we on that planet in interstellar where like an hour is like 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be because we definitely do a season's worth of research. I don't think we've compromised on, like how much under the how under the hood we get with the movies with the new format? No, I don't think so either. I mean, you know, you you can Scott can look up at his shelf and stare at the the Wes Anderson research that he's got waiting for him. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm only days away, <laughs> and I'm I'm really excited to get to get uh ripping into my Spy Kids research, like Gandalf grabbing random scrolls off that library. Yeah. I'm full of similes today. I'm so excited to uh, learn about the Spy Kids. Yeah, so so we're doing Spy Kids next. That's up next. That starts next week. That's four episodes in and out. Um, it's gonna feel like a breeze after 13 episodes. A 13. Oh episode. yeah, I can't uh, wait. It it it's like forget about it. Yeah, yeah. And then we're doing Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson is weird because we start that in. November that that starts going in November, which, by the way, I guess we haven't announced that in an in between episode. Yeah, so Wes Anderson won the polls on Twitter. Oh, uh, I forget, I forgot. My yeah, bad. well, that was like it was like thirteen weeks ago. Um, so, oh, okay. so, so Wes Anderson won. That's the mini series we're doing after Spy Kids. Um, and it's a weird one because it's nine. Yeah, nine things one two bottle rocket because we're we're, we're leaving out the animated movies right we're leaving out the animated movies no it's eight it's eight episodes and then the between episode which makes it nine so so there's this weird thing where the french dispatch is part of this mini series it mm -hmm. has when you're when i i think even when you guys are hearing this it's not out yet yeah correct when you're hearing this episode that episode that that movie is not out in theaters yet and, and and you know, there's a chance that it might not come out in theaters this year. That's entirely That's possible. But you know, with everything going on, but we'll 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 
cross that bridge when we get to it. But right now it is due to hit theaters like October 22nd, I think, or 21st we'll, or 22nd. We'll cross that adorable little like perfectly built set of, yeah. a, of a bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing that's weird about it is that we will have recorded our Wes Anderson miniseries a month before that movie is due to come out. But the, but the Wes Anderson miniseries, like we won't get to French dispatch in the miniseries until like Christmas Eve is when that episode is due to come out. Uh-huh. And and so yeah, I hope there's Christmas in the in the, in the movie. Um, but uh, uh, also, like, how how is there not like more Christmas in Wes? Like Wes Anderson, make a Christmas movie. My God, yeah, maybe he's not not a fan the way like Shane Black or Tim oh, Burton yeah. are. You it know? could be though. It feels like it would suit his aesthetic very well, right? It's so you can you, there's so much design and yeah. decoration in Christmas. Yeah, man. Well, anyway, so the point is. Anyway. That it's it's like this weird situation where it's just go- from you guy from your guys's perspective it's just going to be part of the Wes Anderson franchise it's going to be the capper on the Wes Anderson miniseries but from our perspective there's like a month break between finishing the Wes Anderson miniseries and then finally getting to see French Dispatch and record an episode about it we do not have a guest schedule for that episode so in a way. It's going to be like our first um, like bonus episode, like like what Scream 5 will be next year. So I, I, I just think that that's kind of like a weird, it's just like a, in a weird situation for us. But no, um, for sure. I'm really excited about covering Wes Anderson. Uh, I have tons of research that I, I'm really excited to dig into. You know, ultimately, I think what qualifies his filmography as a franchise and the way that I wouldn't argue every filmography does on this show, yeah, is like I think franchises build. It's like one is on top of the other one, and I think like it's really interesting what he was able to. If you trace Bottle Rocket to Grand Budapest Hotel, right? How arguably like one creative force was able to jostle and bargain so much creative freedom True. in an age where that only became more difficult. True. Off. Because people started looking at, oh, Wes Anderson, in a way, it is like became this boutique brand where indie distributors or and theaters could count on a built-in audience showing up to stuff like Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way that the way that nerds show a different kind of nerd shows up to every X-Men movie on opening weekend. That's true. Like we did for over two decades. Yeah. No, I that's yeah, that's why I pitched it as a franchise. Uh I think I think he's one of those few filmmakers that qualify. You know, I don't think it's and Spy Kids as well. Spy, yes, and Spy Kids as well. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was thinking today it'll be, and I don't say this with any cynicism because like I love all kinds of movies, even even toy yeah. commercials, and like with Men in Black and uh, X Men, arguably those were movies that were kind of brought together through like behind the scenes executive people. Uh-huh. Of like, oh, I'm gonna let's buy this property and make a movie out of it because we see opportunity. But like with Scream and Spy Kids, it's much. I mean, I'm sorry, with Spy Kids and Wes Anderson, it's a lot more like Scream, where it was like one person's idea mm-hmm. that was like birthed on a, on a on a typewriter or a notebook and then became something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I guess like thinking about X Men, that's kind of what I think. I feel sad that it feels like this franchise never had one creative force or one like I was thinking about what Sam Raimi brought to the Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. So much love. And like he thinks Spider-Man is just the coolest comic book in the world. And that movie is kind of him trying to make you feel the way that reading a comic book Spider-Man comic made him feel. Yeah. And I don't I'm 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 sad to reflect. And I don't I don't know if there's ever been an X-Men movie in the Fox era that was made with that much love. Right. Besides maybe the Deadpool movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it it is interesting. I don't know with that much love. I don't, I mean, I guess Logan to a certain extent. That's true. Passion. Yeah. Passion. Yeah. That's more passion. Right. Um, and it, and it's certainly love in the performance. Um, yeah, I think love and passion kind of the synonymous in that context. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I don't know that James Mangold had like a love childhood yeah for the comics it was more of just like oh i i really like this character and i like hugh jackman and i want you know we want to 
you know, say farewell mm-hmm. to this uh, to this character. Yeah. I guess it's like as a, I think every comic book property deserves, and in, in, in you know, in terms of it coming to life on the screen, it deserves a Sam Raimi. Yeah, like someone that's able to like really get what makes this story cool and bring it to life. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I'm so excited about with the X Men eventually coming to Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. I'm just interested to see what, like, who they end up going with for, not just like the cast, but just just creatively, like who they put in charge of that franchise. I've been thinking about that. I was I was like taking a walk, and I was thinking about that a few days ago. Yeah, of like it's probably going to be the like you know it, it, I I kept thinking about uh, the guy that directed Cop Car. John Watts. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, three years from now, someone's going to make like this killer indie. Yeah. That's going to kill at Sundance or something. And then like, that's going to be the person that's going to be like picked to like write it or direct whatever the, this first shot is. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, there's so much speculation that the groundwork is already being laid with like Madripoor being in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. Um, People are like, oh, is Wolverine going to be connected to the, whatever the project that that made captain rogers blood oh interesting i haven't heard that um yeah. I was, I was, yeah. like, sometimes i fall down through some youtube holes you know oh you know yeah this. sure of course <laughs> yeah I, I i'm careful i'm very selective about the youtube videos i watch because i'm always afraid that i'm gonna watch one that's just gonna ruin my recommendations mm-hmm. forever um, i'm alone too often for that to matter to me anymore <laughs> fair enough <laughs> oh no you've caught me i've watched a lot of uh, uh spider-man never come home speculation videos <laughs> yeah uh but yeah like because I, I i don't know if i can pick someone right now in the sort of creative galaxy of hollywood right you know like mm-hmm. like no one oh they would be perfect for the x-men because i was also thinking about the suicide squad and how James Gunn kind of did what I was talking about with Sam Raimi, where he just really, God, I want you to feel the way I felt as a kid when I was reading these. John Ostrander, is that the guy? Yeah. Like that, you know, and he, like, so there were shots of the Suicide Squad that made me feel like I was holding like a, a really cool like trade paperback in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. Where it looked like a panel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the first person that comes to my mind is Karin Kusama, which feels weird. Because of the types of movies that she's made, except with the, except for Jennifer's Body, which Jennifer's right. Body, I can see how that would translate to an X Men movie. Yeah, like in terms of like the teenage angst. Yeah, uh, how alive the comedy feels. Yeah, but then also like I think that movie has like really sad moments. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's a great. That's a great pull. That would be really cool. Yeah, it just it it would be a weird one. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I guess yeah. first, if, if we want to do this, if we kind of want to maybe build a little mini team, yeah, um, I think we first need to think about like what kind of tone we would want, right? Of like, do we want something more? Are we thinking about because like, like I think with X, if I'm just like fully geeking out now, the X Men <laughs> could be kind of an antidote to the MCU. That's true. Because they could very easily mold it to where the characters are very quippy and it's fun and it's light beat. And I, I love that. Like, yeah. Or the X-Men are also really dramatic and melodramatic. But and- we just got that, right? We just got, you know, I guess, night, night, well, no, because the New Mutants. So we got like 20 years of that, right? I mean, that's, that's true. That's basically what, yeah, that's basically what the Fox X-Men were is they leaned into the melodrama mm-hmm. and like, what if this was real? Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know that anyone really wants that again, yeah. you know, with well, Scott, X-Men. let me, let, let me ask you, what are your favorite X-Men stories on the page? Oh boy. The ones um, that really get you hyped. Well, you know, I love astonishing X-Men, uh, okay. you know, um, uh, the, the author notwithstanding, uh, um, sure, sure. There's the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really like the Grant Morrison run. I think it's my favorite. Uh, I'm not a big Grant Morrison guy, but I love his new X-Men book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's excellent. And um, I don't know, because it gets it gets tricky because with X-Men, it's like every time that they figure out an angle that is like, okay, now we can bring people into the X-Men. It all, always ends up complicating itself 
over time to a point where they have to basically soft reboot it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, all-time favorite, Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, the, oh, cool. The uh, Jason Aaron run on, on yeah X-Men. i haven't read it but yeah yeah really where wolverine things. is like a is like a teacher at the school um that's probably my all-time favorite that's the closest that they've ever made uh the school feel like hogwarts and i thought that was yeah really cool. that's my yeah. that's my jam i'll have to check that out yeah and i think like when, when i'm listening when i think about um gifted or, or that run and when i think about grant morrison mm-hmm. it's like it'd be really cool if the x-men on screen could feel really like current and alive yeah and like because the x-men are uniquely equipped to tackle stuff yeah like social issues and we've seen with falcon and the winter soldier you know opinions about the execution aside that they aren't that they are interested in like letting creatives really use these characters to tell those kinds of stories and ask those kind of questions yeah like you know those like moments in black panther where you're like oh my god i can't believe like wow they're they're going there yeah and it's limited but it's really effective in that movie yeah and so to X, if X-Men, X-Men could do that, but go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do new things with it that they never even thought to do. Yeah. You know, with the X-Men uh, years ago, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you because there's so many because it's so malleable, the concept of mutants and uh, the bigotry of a society uh, sure. against mutants, because in this world and, it, and it's something that they've never been good at handling i think in the comics i mean maybe there's a there's a comic that somebody could point me to to explain that isn't like a half-assed reason but like the idea being that like there are superheroes in the marvel universe so why are they okay but mutants aren't right yeah like Like, why are you racist against them specifically Right. Like being an outcast and being prejudiced upon. I don't know if right. I use that correctly, but that's very important to like why the X-Men need to exist. Right. Is like mutants are persecuted. Right. They need a safe space. Charles Xavier created that. And the X-Men are like some sometimes they're to like help humans and make mutants look better or help the just help the agenda. The mutant human alliance. Like Yeah. Agenda. Yeah. But like, why would that? Yeah, you're right. Like, why would that need to happen in a universe where so much crazy stuff has already happened? Right. It's it's a little confusing in that way, because I don't I don't know how you enter into the world that exists of the MCU and add mutants to it and like make the bigotry feel believable. I mean, look, uh, people are bigots for really stupid things in the real world. But, you know, in a narrative like you do need to like have. Not an explanation, but like, or justification. But Some you, kind of inciting incident. Yeah. Or, need, I don't need, know. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to be something. Because, that, for, for, yeah. for example, in X-Men, to take it all the way back to 2000, Senator Kelly is like, look at these, you know, nothing. We have no context for anything like this. Yeah. This person can read minds. This person can walk through walls. Yeah. And, yeah, in the MC, and like in an MCU world, it's like everyone can, you know, and the kind of like we were talking about, and we're not the first people to bring this up, but like, what if you know they've been hiding mm-hmm. and like that could be that if they if that was suddenly revealed it's like oh these people have been lying to us about being on this planet we can't trust them right well but then the the, the tricky thing with that right is you run into a rep- a repetition problem because mm-hmm. wakanda did it uh, you know, they were hidden from the world. No, like mm-hmm. people knew that it existed kind of, but they didn't know how advanced it was. They just thought it was like, you know, a yeah. village or Shepherds. something. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so like, if you do that again with say like Genosha, like they're all on Genosha right. and they're all around and Charles Xavier just wiped, you know, humanity's mind of, mutant kind and like you, it could be a like, little derivative it, right it would be a little derivative and then and then you also have the latveria problem on top of that and now supposedly the the atlantis problem with submariner right mm. so like it's just like oh wow there's a lot of secret societies just yeah. like rolling up <laughs> you know i was thinking and, and kind of to throw it forward a little bit back to wes anderson yeah i think it'd be really cool like i really liked uh how the umbrella academy the mm. show brought to life that kind of royal tenenbaums family drama angle yeah and like i i love how the x-men are much more of a family unit than the avengers yeah and i really hope that's something they lean into 
You know what I would love is if, because we've got these Disney Plus shows now, and I understand you can't make, you can't just make an X-Men TV series. I mean, I mean, everyone wants that. And obviously that would be like the best use of the X-Men would be as like an ongoing, a serialized ongoing television series um, would be amazing. But. We we know that they're never going to do that because it's it's worth too much money to make it yeah. into a movie. But like, it would be cool to either do one of two things: either you make like what would be the like essentially the season finales of the show, big blockbuster movies that mm-hmm. are like X Men colon you know the Latveria problem or yeah <laughs> whatever. yeah let's do it yeah yeah. Um, or, or, or the flip side, the thing that I think would be really cool is you do the X-Men movies with like the heroes, right? The, the crew, the, the team that goes out and gets shit done. And then Mm -hmm. you have a TV show that's like the Xavier school School for gifted youngsters. And it's just the kids dealing with being kids, dealing with being mutants and going to this school. Mm -hmm. Doing, doing adventures behind the teacher's backs. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? Cause it's like, and, and who knows what a you know, two or three years down the line, what the relationship between theatrical and home video, home release will be. Right. But right now we live in a world where Song-Chi is going to be in theaters for 45 days. Yes. And like, it doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility, a world where there is this X-Men show and it's like, hey, the finale of this is going to be in theaters for right. 30 days. Right. And then it's going to be on Disney Plus. Right. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see, but also like, I want to go back to a point you made of like, um, the idea of there, well, there's too much money on the table potentially. Right. And that's still true. The X-Men have made, I don't know, $7 billion. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. You know, um, but it had been bleeding for a while with the exception of the Deadpool movies apocalypse. There was a steep drop in both like money and like public interest, frankly, and you know, that stone only continued to f- fall with New Mutants and Dark Phoenix. And so I guess I'm curious is like, I, I'm thinking, like, is there actually not as much of an appetite after 20 years consistently of X Men movies mm-hmm. that, like, that's why I think they should wait, like, the longer they wait? Because, like, if by 2025, if, if someone walks past a movie poster with a big X on it, they'd be like, God, it's, you know, will, will there be an appetite by then? Right. I, well, because I, I think the best thing to do would be to introduce the mutants in other films as right. like side characters and yeah. just be like, I don't know how I got these powers. And then eventually you learn about mutants and everything. Yeah. Like, like we like don't already know what the fuck. A mutant sure. Is. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but like there's, you know, there's rumors that that storm will appear in black Panther Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, you know, there could already be mutants like, you know, maybe Wanda's a mutant. We don't know yet. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I think that the, the idea of X-Men being the next Avengers in the sense that it's the next team that we're going to see being built up. I think that might be a really cool, way to do it in a, in a way that yeah to like earn potent earn audience interest on the merit of the characters does that make yeah. sense yeah and not just like boom the x-men you love the x-men see you they in july are. yeah yeah but like yeah. oh that storm and that cyclops i love these characters right the way that people love all the you know mcu characters that didn't exist 12 months ago yeah i mean because like what would be really cool because it's it's also interesting because what do you do right are you gonna do are you gonna do the the og crew as kids like are you gonna literally (laughs) do xavier is the dean of a school of six people yeah with Um, Iceman and marvel girl and beast and angel right right is that what you're gonna do is that how you're gonna start or do you go a different route where you have lots of mutants and lots of kids, um, but you have all of the adult mutants kind of separate, the the team that is going to become the X-Men all kind of separate. You introduce them separate. You bring them together because Xavier is like, I want to build a school. I have a vision for this school where we help mutant kind and you're going to be a teacher and you're going to be a teacher and also you're going to be superheroes because society needs to see a positive influence of mutants. Um, you know, Mutant helping representation them. is important, right? So, so you know, like I don't, I don't know. There's so many ways that you could go about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, I do want to mention you brought up the box office. Um, I want to talk about 
the box office real quick. Please. We didn't do much of that. Um, Compared to past entries, yeah. Yeah. Um, Seasons, I should say. Right. Uh, It is... This is interesting. I wasn't expecting the way that this fell, I guess. Okay. Um, Okay, so... So, uh, X-Men as a whole has mm-hmm. made, uh, $6 billion across. Wow, I was only off by a billion. Yeah. Across 13 films, uh, with a bu- total budget for all 13 films of 1.7 billion. So got it. Pretty solid return on investment overall. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So going down the list, we have Deadpool at number one. With $363 million. Domestic. Uh, Domestic, correct. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't have a listing for worldwide. Um, So, yeah, 363 domestic. Deadpool 2, 318 domestic. And then number three. This is shocking to me. The Last Stand with 234. Mm -hmm. I think to me what that says is that was when they were at their maximum level of public interest yeah because x2 was so good it was so much better than the first one yeah people really liked the first one and there weren't a million of these yet it was like the superhero movie that came out that year right so i think it just hit this perfect tidal wave or nexus point and you know like we've talked about a few times especially on the episode it's like a fun movie it's a fun summer popcorn ride yeah, that's true. That's that's fair. Um so 234 your, Yeah, please. Oh, and then and then just below that at 233 is Days of Future Past. So it was a million away from wow. you know matching the last stand, but it didn't if quite Jason get there. had if Jason had just gone to see it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> just one more time. Uh just below that at 226 is Logan. Uh then below yeah. that at uh, 214 is X2, then X-Men Origins Wolverine at 179, X-Men at 157, Apocalypse at 155, First Class at 146. So First Class actually worse than Apocalypse. Wow, interesting. So so it had a slight uptick from First go. Class. So Wolf, the Wolverine at 132, which makes sense after Origins, you know. That people are right. like, oh yeah, uh, and, at, and, <laughs> and at that point, the market had become that much more saturated. Right, very true. Uh, and then below that is Dark Phoenix with sixty five, and New Mutants at twenty three. Which and that then, you know, big asterisk on New Mutants, right? Of course. And then of course, bringing up the uh, the absolute real, a movie we did not cover, uh, Once Upon a Deadpool with uh, six. oh wow, six six. Million. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Was it worth it? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm glad New Mutants beat that. Yeah. That would be a real punch in the gut. Oh, man. So I think, um, yeah, that yeah, that is, you could see kind of the downward turn. Um, it's interesting that it happened so sharply after Days of Future Past. Like Apoc- Apocalypse was that bad that the stone sank that quickly. Yeah. Because like bad sequels have made a lot of money off of the, the goodwill. You know, it'd be looking like Transformers 2. True. There's like a gargantuan head, and it's like painful to watch. Yeah, true. Robot Heaven. Yeah. One day we're going to cover those movies, and uh, I know you'll be doing the research for those. Uh, that I'm that I'm I'll, I'll yeah I'll do it. I'll run up to that. <laughs> I'll rise to that challenge. <laughs> and, you know, but you know, and yeah, it, it would be nice to going back to like MC, like you know, the future. It'd be nice to like all of these were directed by uh, by a white dude. So that'd be cool right off the bat to just like, you know, get another kind of, you know, because the X-Men more, you right. know, not that like, yeah, so much opportunity there for different prisms of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Different points um, of perspective. And I indefinitely, you know, and, and look, uh, Marvel Studios does not have the best track record in terms of casting against race. Right. Um, like they mm. tend to just whatever the race of the character is in the comic, that's what they cast. So it's good. I'm going to be really curious if they stick to that with fantastic four and X-Men, or if they're just like, you know what? We've seen enough white versions of these characters. Like let's mix it up. 
you know, I was going to say, in, in, a, in a way, Fantastic Four is almost like the beta test yeah. of character rehabilitation. Yeah. Because uh, Spider-Man is just such a popular character, and half of his movies are really good. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm really interested to see how the public reacts to the eventual MCU Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Will the general moviegoer give enough of a crap about the Marvel Studios logo in the trailer? Right. Or will more of them be like, oh my God, no, no not again. I can still remember the last one. Right. I still remember those those NBA commercials. <laughs> I still remember the wigs. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing that again. <laughs> because if like you know, let's say in a world where like Fantastic Four underperforms at the box office, mm-hmm. you know, compared to like, you know, what you would expect. It's like it makes it makes as much as like Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Will they recalibrate their X-Men plans and be like, ooh, okay, maybe we should look at Disney Plus again? Yeah, true. That's very true. I don't know. Because if it's a big, huge hit because it's like a great, awesome movie and they knock it out of the park and everyone loves right. the Fantastic Four the way that we love, you know, Yelena from Black Widow. Uh, sure. Then will they be like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Like, they're they're ready. They're into, they can, they can see Cyclops again. They can see Storm again. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, true. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And it'll also, it'll also be interesting too. Like if they go with those kind, those characters, or if they just are like, no, we're going to start, we're going to make our X-Men team a bunch of characters that have never been in the movies. Or if they have, yeah. they, they've had like bit parts or like unspoken parts. Or I, something I mean, like that. the bench is so deep in the X-Men. Right. And if you look at like my favorite MCU characters are like Mantis and Nebula Mm-hmm. And like characters like I like we never knew about before the movies came out because they're right. so, you know, bottom minor. of the bench or yeah, minor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so do we have rankings? Like movies? Yeah. Do you put your rankings um, together? How do you want to do this? You want to do this the way we do our end of the year list, or do you want to just go all in a row? Well, I was just, yeah, I, I think we just go back and forth. I don't know that I need we need like to get really in depth about each one but okay um yeah um okay so you want to do starting at the bottom or starting at the top starting at the bottom my least favorite okay yeah so we're let's do least favorite or like technically the one that is the worst movie uh i don't know well however you feel like doing it yeah whatever however it feels yeah for me my number 13 uh 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 x-men origins wolverine i mean it's just yeah You, you know yeah yeah, I just can't. I can't. I can't with that movie. It's, it's barely an X-Men movie. It's mostly like a Stallone movie from the 80s. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we covered, it's it's kind of nobody's fault. It's just it's just a, too many cooks in the kitchen. It's uh, it's a movie. Nobody it, it, the movie that it wasn't the movie anyone wanted to make. Yeah. Is that your 13 as well? I think it is my 13. Yeah. OK. What's your 12? Um. I think I'm gonna go with Apocalypse. Oh wow! Okay. Um, my that I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Mine, mine is the Last Stand. Um, okay. I, I just, I know, I know, like eh, it's a popcorn movie, like it's a fun summer popcorn movie, like it's got spectacle and stuff. But I, I think all the spectacle sucks, and like I don't like watching okay. it. <laughs> um, it. you know, I remember I was, I was like, I was ragging on the wire work. I think the wire work sucks, and like it's just lame and. None of the characters are acting like themselves, and I hate it. I really don't like it at all. Um, for sure. So that's that's the last stand for me. And then my eleven is Apocalypse. So okay. Um, do I like? I'm trying to think. Like, do I like any of the movies that are coming up? <laughs> do I like Last Stand more than any of the other movies that are coming up? You know mm. what I mean? That's yeah. kind of what, what 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 my brain's doing right now. Sure. And I I think the answer is no. Oh, so okay. I think I am going to go ahead and put Last Stand right on top of Apocalypse. OK, so at 11. All right. Um, yeah, because for for Elliot Page and yeah. what I think is some fun action set pieces. Yeah. And like a goofy fun tone that is insulting to the, to the previous film. Yeah, true. <laughs> but a, but a, but though I would argue as weird as this is, because he, he's like incapacitated for the majority of the movie. I, I actually think that El- Elliot Page is better in Days of Future Past. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, like that much more of experience of an actor, I think. And that yeah. much more comfortable with all the big, crazy special effects stuff going on. Yeah, true, true. 
Uh, my number 10 is New Mutants. I want it to be higher, but it's just not. It doesn't. It just doesn't work, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. But you know, I want it to. Um, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a train wreck or anything. I just think it makes a lot of boneheaded decisions, and then you know we're stuck with a cut that needed reshoots that it never got. You know. Mm-hmm. So. I think my ten is going to be Dark Phoenix. Okay. My nine uh, is Dark Phoenix. So there's a uh, <laughs> oh, there's a cool moment in the beginning of Dark Phoenix where um, it cuts to the first time we see Hank and the professor. Hank's like, "I know what you're thinking." And Professor X is like, that's my trick. And I was like, ah, oh, it's a good. And it was all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so Dark Phoenix is my number nine. I like it slightly more than New Mutants. Yeah. And yeah. I think my number nine is New Mutants because I think I like it slightly more than Dark Phoenix. Yeah. We just um, keep going like just one off from tit, each tit other. Tit for tat. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> I, I think because I think I like New Mutants for aesthetic reasons and performance reasons. Like sure. And that's a kind of why it just squeaks above. Whereas Dark Phoenix, I was really rooting for that movie after doing all my homework on it. Yeah. And it was just kind of a chore to get through, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, now, Eight? now we are entering into the good ones. Yeah. Into a place where it's like, it's like, well, I mean, you know, like a lot of these are like pretty negligible in terms of like on a given day kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, but my number eight is X-Men, the OG uh i have a lot of fond feelings for it uh i you know much like wally i think that it changed superhero cinema forever i don't know if i'd go as far as cinema in general but definitely superhero cinema uh mm-hmm. and uh and, well and, then you could argue superhero cinema changed cinema yeah true that's very true actually uh good 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 point um but yeah so my number eight is x-men i think that it's very low-key I think that it could have uh, it has a very silly plot line with the mutant making machine. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I love watching it when I'm watching it. So the Troy McClure version of this movie would have been Magneto's magnificent mutant making machine. Yeah, true. Um, So I got to go with X-Men for number eight. Um, I think I'm going to do the same. Okay, like I, I, I we met back up in the middle. We, we did. Were, we were together at the beginning, and now we're together again in the middle. Tenet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, I appreciate this movie a lot. Uh, when, I, when we revisited it, I was like, wow, a lot of this plays really well, and I can feel myself being transported back into that movie theater seat. Um, yeah. But also, there's some like weird pacing issues. Yeah. And it's a kind of a weirdly structured movie, and I think... In retrospect, it's it's weird how little character work is being done on everyone that isn't um, Logan and Anna Paquin. That's true, but they're both great. Yeah, they're both yeah. so good. It's yeah. A, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing is like you know when you bring in a writer who has never <laughs> written a movie before, right? Uh, yeah, you know it's hard to have a full ensemble because writing an ensemble we can speak from experience is sure very difficult. <laughs> It's very challenging. Yeah, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's your what's your next one? Seven. Um, I think I'm going to do uh X2 X-Men United here. Wow, okay. I yeah, I can really there's parts of this movie that are so fun and so perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh like, you know, when like Magneto and Mystique giggle or like giggling at Rogue's hair. Um yeah. because we shouldn't have to. Um, and like the Wolverine's like, yeah, this is a great movie and some really fun X-Men stuff, but I was really kind of, um, I don't know. There's, they're also, ironically, they're also separate for so much of this movie. Right. That, that, that that kind of dampered my enthusiasm for a lot of it in a way that surprised me. Yeah. It's a lot of people's favorite and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it was, it, it, you know, it was mine for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah uh yeah good choice uh my number seven is first class great um i love first class i really do i think it's a great movie uh the darwin stuff is unforgivable and that's Mm -hmm. why it's here um the darwin (laughs) that's it i mean literally um you know you took your only two uh characters of color you killed one you made the other one a bad guy Mm -hmm. and then killed her off screen and then killed her off screen. Yeah, I yeah, sorry. Uh this is this is where you end up. Um 
I have a really good time watching it. I think it's a really good time. But every time Darwin shows up, I just get sad. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that just affects my overall enjoyment of the film. So that's number, number seven for me. But it's still hella fun and so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number six. What's your number six? Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, The Wolverine. Okay. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I'm trying to. This was a really big surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, like I said about um, Suicide Squad, this really feels like I'm reading an, an awesome volume of a Wolverine comic. Yeah. Um, the quiet moments of this movie really surprised me, and I think Mangold directs beautifully, and Loki has some of the best Hugh Jackman Wolverine moments. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you can find that ultimate cut or extended cut. It's definitely worth a watch, and I even I I think I've even come around to that much maligned Act Three. I think it's paced and structured a lot better in that Ultimate Cut. Yeah, and it just plays like this really cool little Shakespearean family drama that Wolverine has been thrusted into the center of. Yeah, and yeah, it's minor, but it it it's a great character. It's maybe the best character stuff that the series ever does. Yeah, since Logan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number six is Deadpool two. Forgot about the Deadpool's. <laughs> oh no. Um yeah, so it's Deadpool 2, really really fun movie. Uh repeats a little too many things from the first Deadpool in like an mm-hmm. American Pie kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, I I really I really enjoy it. Uh I have a really good time watching it. It has some of the best sort of X-Men action of the fran- of the of the whole entire franchise. Um Yes. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I really like it. It's really fun. You know, I, I won't even give it, I, I won't even knock it for, um, for killing off, uh, his Vanessa, his, Vanessa. Thank you. Uh, killing off Vanessa at the beginning because it does bring her back at the end. And presumably she would be in the third Deadpool movie. We'll uh, see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Maybe everybody's dead in the third Deadpool movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I already I know exactly where I want to put Deadpool too. Okay, I would. I'm gonna put Deadpool right below the first X Men movie. Right below the first X Men. Deadpool two or Deadpool one. Deadpool two. Okay, Deadpool two, right below the and, first X Men movie. For and you. then it goes X Men, X Men two. Okay, and it's all the same. And then yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Um. So that means that I am ahead now. So I'll go with, because now you're at your number five. Four. Your next four. one is your number four, I think. Okay. Um. So my number five is X two. Uh, right. I I I really you know, for all my problems that I went deeply into in in that episode, for all the problems that I have with this movie. God, it's just so much. It's so. It's it's just it's just a, it's a, such a specific feeling watching X two, um, yeah. And there's definitely a nostalgic aspect to it, but it's just, it's also this thing where it's just like wow, they don't make like blockbuster movies don't feel like this anymore, and yeah, superhero movies, yeah, superhero movies don't feel like this anymore, and it's just I do miss it to a certain extent, the tone yeah. of it. And- Brian Singer is, I think, you know, a, a very much a student of Spielberg and Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this, you know, but yeah, but that's kind of what his movies remind me of when they're at their best. And X2, I think I even said in our review with Billy and Dagny, it's, it's the closest I think we'll get to a Spielberg directed superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, it feels like a ride in the best way. Yeah. Even if I desperately want Spielberg to direct a Superman movie, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> That'd be beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so what's your number four? I think my number four is Deadpool. Okay. Mine, so is mine. Oh, cool. Yeah. We, we, we Ch- met again. We meet, there we go. We, we meet like every four spots. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you know, yeah, this was just, it's super, kind of like the Wolverine. It's minor, but it's such a great exploration of its main character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think funnier than you remember it being, or certainly than I remember it being. Yeah. Sweeter. And it is the only movie in this whole list that I could call a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. From the writers, Ryan Reynolds and Tim Miller. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I agree with all of that. And also it's a rom-com. So of course. Yeah, though. I yeah. love it. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's a great movie and it's a great movie. Like, despite my feelings on the character largely, and, and especially fans of the character, like that's really impressive that it won me over. Yeah. Um, because man, did I go into that movie with my arms crossed? So sure, yeah, and I think the reason Deadpool two, Deadpool two isn't that much worse than Deadpool one. Mm-hmm. It's just that Deadpool one is such a special accomplishment and such a cool little moment in time that we had with these movies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Number three, uh, I think my number three would be if if I'm doing my math right, uh, Days of Future Past. Mine as well. Great. Um, yeah, like I said, like my, I don't think this movie ever matches the theme park like you're on it like perfectly paced after uh magneto does his heel turn and shoots mystique mm-hmm. i just for some reason that movie kind of loses me after that but mm-hmm. still it's like has some of the best set pieces and performances and it feels like the kind of like what you were saying about x2 like they don't make movies like this anymore yeah this did a really good job of recapturing that feeling of back being back in 2003 yeah very much so no i i, I love days of future past i think I think it's it earns its epicness, you know, but like it still finds a way to be by having, you know, the post-apocalyptic future mixed with the 70s character stuff like they are able to have a very normal character driven mm-hmm. X-Men movie with like this big epic, like the greatest X-Men story ever told yeah, kind of thing at, simultaneously. And I find that very impressive. Definitely. So, Days of Future Past. Um, so that leaves number two. So my number two is Logan. Got it. Um, it's 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 a great American movie. Yeah, I was really really taken aback at how much I enjoyed it revisiting it. Yeah. Um, I think we you know a uh, a lot of a lot has been said about how like dramatic and well acted it is and it is, but it's also like a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. And a fun in a way that take you know when you I just kept thinking about like when you find a western on TNT like Tombstone, yeah, or Dances with Wolves, but yeah. not so, I don't know, but yeah, and like um, kind of like Days of Future Past, but in a much quieter way. It feels like an event. Yes, and you know I think it it is it's as big as the movies and yeah. kind of gone with the wind almost kind of way. Yeah, true. Uh, my number two is the Wolverine uh, extended cut. Uh, it's, I, I can't describe the feeling that I have when I watch this movie because it, and I try to like convince people like to watch the extended cut, but it's hard to, uh, get people to watch it because the theatrical cut was so kind of like chopped up in like, it was like a million tiny cuts. The theatrical mm-hmm. cut, you know, it wasn't like large, like swaths of the film were taken out, but it lost all of its vibes. And without the vibes, without the, the, the poetry of that, the sort of cinematic poetry of James Mangold behind the camera, being a master of his craft and like knowing how to like pace and all. Mm-hmm. And instead, you know, Fox edited it into an X-Men movie. That wasn't a very good, it's not meant to be an X-Men movie. And so trying to force it into that box, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And watching that extended cut, the first time I watched it, I was just kind of blown away. And, mm-hmm. um, every time how, I watched at how it, much, yeah. At how much yeah. a little can amount to. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and now I, I think it's going to be the one that I probably rewatch the most. Uh, I just really, really love it. I think Hugh Jackman is amazing in it. I think that it's an incredible Wolverine story, an incredible superhero story. I like how it plays with genre, you know, for all of the getting weird with it era of the X-Men movies, the Wolverine isn't put into that camp because the Wolverine theatrical cut was what it was. But when you watch the extended cut, you're sort of realize like, oh no, this was, this was the, the original recipe for the weird era. Um, you know, yeah, it reminds me of in comics. It's very easy to say that, uh, that something like the killing joke mm-hmm. 
something standalone and very like old man Logan. Yeah. But whereas like if you have to if you read the comics, you know that this run Wolverine volume 16 yeah. is like the shit. Yeah. And what I really appreciate about it is it just doing its job from yeah. like the writers to the director. They're like not trying to reinvent the wheel. They're just trying to tell like the best X-Men story, Wolverine story that they can. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, really love the Wolverine extended cut. Uh, and uh, it's it's my number two. Uh, I think uh, I know what your number one is. Yes. My number one is X-Men first class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love it despite the Darwin stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's the closest that gets, it's the closest this, uh, that I, this movie gets me the closest that an X-Men comic does. What I love about reading an X-Men comic, like the joy of these kids finding each other. Yeah. And, um, like being mentored and like, um, I think the performances are really beautiful down the line from Fossbender to McAvoy. Um, to Caleb Landry Jones, like it breaks my heart that we never see this group together again. Yeah, when they're on the when they're on the jet and in Cuba, about to go on their first mission, it kind of it gives me like Incredibles vibes. Mm. And Matthew Vaughn directs it with such like confidence and like just and also learning about how Ramshackle and uh, three hundred fifty miles per hour the production of it was. Yeah, that it's as tight as it is is pretty. It's uh, it's pretty great. And yeah. um, yeah, so that's my number one. Uh, definitely. Number one in my book, if we're talking about uh, montages. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing montages, uh, honestly. They make um, you laugh, they make you cry. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, I, yeah, and then my number one is Logan. I just, it, nothing touches it. I mean, this is, this is a movie that could have been nominated for Best Picture the year that it was released. Um, it was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful film, and such a love letter to that character and Hugh Jackman's portrayal of that character and you know leaves me with this sense of ennui and just like uh, fulfillment you know like I, I, I get to the end of this movie and it's like watching one of the most perfect series finales you've ever seen you know yeah um, yeah and it's it's just so immensely satisfying that like i can't possibly put anything beyond this one for me and it's it speaks to the power that these characters hold or held when they were handled with care and passion yeah and, and you know it makes sense that logan was the only character that had really been given the opportunity to be built and so they took tremendous opportunity with that yeah like we fallen in love with this character. I mean, like you, there was never because it was like you know, it all fed itself. Like the public loved Wolverine, and then he, before Hugh Jackman, and then during Hugh Jackman's run, and then he did it so long and so well yeah. that it became an accomplishment unto itself. Beside the character, right? Um, you know, but like thinking about all of these movies, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. I, it's 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 I'm, I'm bitter. It's bittersweet because there's so much potential still. Yeah. Like X-Men First Class is my favorite X-Men movie, but I don't know if I love X-Men First Class as much as like my favorite MCU movies. Right. Um, and these characters absolutely deserve to be in movies that good. Yeah. And so yeah, just I think there's a tremendous amount of potential there. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that entirely. Uh yeah, so that's the X-Men. We did it. Hot Mutant Summer. It's Hot over. Mutant summer. Yeah. Sun the sun sun has set on Hot Mutant Summer. They're going back to school, and now we're going to uh, to to uh, Spy Mama Fall. I don't know what. Is that? Yeah, was the fourth one a Netflix movie, or am I misremembering that? No, it came out in theaters because I remembered not oh. going. Wow. Okay. I'm, All right. I remember being like, "Wow, there's a Spy Kids movie, but I'm not going to see it because I'm 21." Yeah. <laughs> I'm really growing up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, time to go see Deadpool or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, okay, cool. Uh so we're doing Spy Kids next. That's that's yeah. uh, starts next week. Um we're doing we're doing the Spy Kids. That's that's four and out. And then uh Wes Anderson on the other side of that. And you're probably looking at the timestamp on this and how much is left in this episode, and you're probably thinking, Wow, how are they going to announce their nominations for the next round of voting? Uh, and uh, we're not, <laughs> we're not, 
We're not doing voting uh, for a while. This, this um, isn't a democracy anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, we just found that's certain, not true. We just found certain patterns were happening with the polls. Um, a lot of people were voting in it who did not follow the show and didn't know what the show was. They were being um, like sent the poll out of context. From yeah, friends. right. Um, and it was just not Nothing. what I what we wanted that process yeah it was more like you know i guess speaking sociologically it was like there was we found an error in the way that we were asking for data right Right. that we're like oh this isn't the sample size of what the listeners want that we we thought that it would be yeah yeah so for the foreseeable future um i think we're just going to do we're nick and i are just going to pick the miniseries for a while um, we're not going to announce what's coming after Wes Anderson. We know what it is, uh, and we're going to announce it in the next between episode. It rhymes after... with shambo. <laughs> <laughs> um, after Spy Kids, uh, we're going to announce it is not shambo. Um, we're going to announce what that is after Spy Kids and that between episode. Um, and yeah. uh again and, yeah like we had a lot of fun on the twitter polls and like thank you to everyone that got spy kids elected yes but, yeah like when we took a step back we were like oh there's like inherent flaws in doing it this way yeah well and it's it's not even that it's not even doing that it's more like doing it as often as we were is yes, what, what i think that's uh, better uh, yeah and so and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break for a while and then eventually like probably next year we're going to do another like listener pick where you guys are going to we're going to do it the same process, but it's just going to be one mini series. And then it'll go back to Nick and I just making the decisions again for a while, yeah. um, because anything beyond that is a lot. Um, and, that, and yeah, and if you uh, really disagree with that, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, if you if you enjoy the episodes that where we don't have a guest, please let us know. Yeah, let us know about that as well. Um, we've got a few lined up, uh, coming up. I think Spike Kids 4 has no guest and because Nick hasn't seen it yet. Um, I haven't seen any of them, but Nick hasn't seen that one. So then it's like, well, if if neither of, if neither of us have seen it, then we should probably just not have a guest. And although it would be funny if the guest was the only person who had seen the movie before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I saw it opening night. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be just Nick and I, and then, um, French Dispatch will be just Nick and I, um, but uh, yeah. So you'll 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 find out. I think everybody will be really excited about what the next miniseries is. We know what it is. We're already starting to put some work into it. Um, but uh, it'll be it'll be the thing that starts twenty twenty two. So like Wes Anderson gets us the between episode, the in between episode after the Wes Anderson. Is comes out on New Year's Eve, so we literally start 2022 with our next mini series. Mm. Um, worked out really well that way. Um, so it's gonna, be, it's gonna be fun. It is gonna be fun. We have a Daredevil episode coming up. Yes, that's out today. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. That's right. Because of the th- yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, you're not a Patreon subscriber. slash support You can get our franchise potential episode which is our patreon exclusive sister show that comes out the same day as our between episodes and today on the patreon you can hear us talk about 2003's daredevil film starring uh colin farrell ben yeah. affleck jennifer michael Gardner, clark duncan michael clark duncan uh you johnny know, favs johnny favs yep johnny favs the i think i think joey pants is in that movie yeah he is yeah um John, yeah johnny fabs Joey and Joey pants <laughs> yeah we got the we got the fabs we got the pants two um, sopranos alum yeah uh who who plays this who plays the secretary in that version of the do they have a secretary yeah they do I think it's, oh gosh they do because johnny fabs has a crush on her just like the tv show um Oh, I don't remember who it is. Oh wait, is gracious. it is it the is it the is it the is it the actress from Grey's Anatomy? Is that who it is? The main character, yeah, yeah, Ellen Pompeo, yeah, perhaps, but she's not. She's not playing Karen Page, is she? No, no, yeah, Karen Page. She's playing. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. Karen Page is definitely in that movie. Uh, She, she, at least she's in. She, I don't think she does anything, but she's definitely in the movie. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, right. 
I mean, Karen Page is always a bummer. Like, 100% <laughs> of the time. Oh, on the page, <laughs> off the page. Yep. <laughs> The deeper you go, it's just a just yeah, just a bummer the all the way around. They try and not fix the... her, it never works. She's just a bummer. She just needs to be a mutant or something. I don't know. There you gotta, go. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta like, give her something to do. Oh, I can do something fun. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> whatever. Make her a Spider Man for a few years. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Um. Anyway. Uh, we're going to be talking about that on the Patreon today. You can, you can hear us talking about it right now. If you become a Patreon subscriber at com slash support, uh, and, uh, become a Patreon member three bonus podcasts a week. The daredevil one is just one. Then we have dueling genre versus coming out tomorrow. I think yeah. we're doing Avatar, Avatar right? the last airbender at this with point Gary. right now with Gary. Yeah. So, so that's happening on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the Nick Jimenez hosted dueling genre tonight, where he goes over with a revolving panel of dueling genre podcast hosts, goes over the entertainment news. Uh, and Scott, I think we're the first guests on dueling genre versus avatar, the last airbender. Oh yeah, I think we are. I think you're right about that. I think I put my name on the first one and the last one. That's usually my move. If I'm going to do anything, <laughs> that's what I almost did. But with Avatar, I'm like, I just, I'm, I, I'm, the opportunity was too ripe for me to just watch the whole first season, and I can't do that. Oh yeah, I would have been too tempted. Yeah, I kind of want to, so this might be you. my excuse. I don't know. Got it. We'll see. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Th- thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll touch you next week with the Spy Kids. Bye. 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 They shoot a lot of people in these movies. <laughs>